You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Oh. Uh, what is up? <laughs> I kind of like that little music there. Just Good. We, we picked it. I got you a new angle today at my office, Andrew. I like it. Yeah, Are those all of the properties that you own behind you? or? No. I, I don't have good enough pictures from mine. These are other properties that I've sold. Yes. That's cool. At least features of other properties I've sold. Some of the, these are some of my favorite photos that we've done. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's kind of inspirational. That's that's good. There you go. There you go. Uh, I'm currently in a, in a hostel. How do you guys like this little backdrop? I like it. I don't those hostels. I I was in a hostel once uh, with a buddy of mine, me, my wife, and him and his wife, and he set it up because he was at the Royal School of London uh, for medicine and no money. And so all of a sudden we go to this place. So I'm like, there's not a chance I am staying at this joint. I mean, I, you, I mean, there's like, there was like one uh, toilet per floor and then like one shower in the whole place. And I'm like, there's no way I'm doing it. And as I'm walking out the door, the guy's screaming at me and I'm like, no more. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, it's it's a hit or miss. You gotta really read the reviews, but it also depends on who's in your room. Like one time, I got punched in the middle of the night, but overall, I've had some good good experiences in these hostels. You got punched in the middle of the night. Yeah. Do we, do we dare ask why? Are you serious? Snoring. He he was running the Paris Marathon the next day, and I told him before, like, hey, you know, I snore, but this is my first time in a hostel. Just lightly tap me if I'm snoring too loud. And I woke up with like a bruised eye, and I talked to him the next morning. It was it was interesting. Oh my! Did God. you punch him in the eye? You just let that happen. I can't believe you just let that. I go. I barely remembered. I was hazy. Thought it was like a dream. In the morning, I, I wasn't too happy, but yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll I'll keep it with the trend. Show you guys a couple of little things. My recent travels in Alicante and in Valencia. Looks horrible. <laughs> I just supposedly the Holy Grail in Valencia. That's if I like it. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Pretty cool, my friend. Interesting. It's really neat when your kid has done 20 times more than you've ever done in your life, and he's only 26. It's kind of sad. It, it's a different lifestyle, Chris, when you're a professional football player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should – We. I mean – We should have been pro athletes. I think I'm going to Champlin for lunch today. I'll show – I'm going to take a video of it too. Good. Where and, are you headed to? Well, you have a Buffalo Wild Wings. Of course. Yeah. So, I mean, where else would I go? Yeah, they had that uh, that Olympic athlete, um, the gal from Isanti, here yesterday, and they were parading her around on uh, fire trucks, and then they brought her the the local um, gymnastics. Um, what do they what do they call it, Lisa? Twin City Twisters, and they they've produced a couple Olympic level athletes out of there. Anyway, so they brought her there, and the whole town she was holding her silver medal, and everybody was cheering. It was really cool. Oh. So. Her name was Grace. What? McCall. Sorry, Gracie. I watched her. I watched her win it too. I swear to God, I just don't have a good memory with that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Pretty fun. I didn't, I didn't watch too much of the Olympics at all. So I assume there's going to be a mad rush of people with money that want their kids to become Olympic gymnastics stars moving to Champlin, and I'm here to capture all that business. Totally. Exactly. Were you on the float? Were you on the float with her? No. Oh. No. 
Apparently they don't get paid a lot to win those medals. So they, uh, she's, she's not quite ready to buy a house yet. So yeah, if, she, if she's going to college, she'll probably have a bunch of endorsement deals and can get paid now. Wouldn't that be cool for her though? What a cool way to, you know, get your college paid for or whatever. I'm sure she's on a scholarship, you know, but still. You got a friend of There's ours. Uh, she's going to Nick. You got a, uh, her sister, Tori Tatum. She's going to uh, LSU on a, gymnastics scholarship and they've got someone on their team that's already up to a million dollars or something a year jesus yeah it's crazy especially in the sec the football players making a crap ton of money but let's get into this so what's all happening in the, in the market sorry we're like <laughs> the old men in the cafeteria you know <laughs> i need a warm cup of coffee here what is happening in the market i don't think uh much has shifted at all i think we're still kind of in that uh well, it's, there's a little lull going on. Okay. Um, we just put on a couple new listings, um, more uh, lesser priced, and we're getting um, good, uh, you know, not like it used to be where you'd have 50 showings set up, but we're getting um, some good pre-activity. There's a thing called coming soon, so you can kind of put it on there, show people that the listing is coming up maybe this weekend or on Friday, and they can kind of get their showing set up and kind of is a good thing for a seller too. You know, it kind of slows down. They act, they know what they're dealing with and then they can leave the property. And we really try to encourage our people, at least in the first weekend, to just kind of just get out of there just so you can let it, let it be shown. Yeah, especially if you do the coming soon and you have several showings set up for the first day. Um, it's kind of nice to just let, let it happen, turn all the lights on, set the house up for success, you know, turn on the music, Make sure all the sights, sounds, and smells are perfect, and then uh, you know, um, and then head out for the day and, and let people have their time. Um, they're, they're deciding a lot more than just price and you know uh, floor plan. They're thinking about okay, where do we put little Billy and little Sally and little you know? They're thinking about how do I work from home? Um, some of the new things I'm seeing too is people asking like, what is your internet speed? Um, that was something that was only asked by IT people back in the past. Now I'm having almost every house we list. Um, people asking us what is the connectivity with four people in the house, potentially, you know, mom and dad, and then a couple kids trying to connect for school and work. All of a sudden, bandwidth is a big deal. So um, a lot of people are searching within their bandwidth requirements to uh, meet the needs of their family for, for their jobs in school. Um, I also had a chance yesterday, uh, Chris, that you might find this interesting. Um, so I've got an agent that primarily focuses in that um, Centerville, Lino Lakes, um, up, you know, um, Chisago Lakes, Forest Lake, kind of up north on the northeast side of town. And um, she was saying that um, we were talking, you know, about listings. And she was saying, how are your listings down to like Champlain and a little farther in to the city? Because she goes, my, some of my sellers are freaking out right now because they're, you know, 10, 14 days on the market before they get an offer. And I, we both started laughing. And I said, I remember when 30 days was just like a smoke show, just like, oh, my God, it sold in under 30 days. And that's the best we've ever seen. You're an amazing agent. You know, four months was the norm. Three months is normal. And now houses, if they don't sell in three days, people panic. And I think that anytime temperature changes, you're in a hot tub, it's 104 degrees and they cool it down to 99. Oh, my God, it's chilly in here. It's cold, but it's still hot. I mean, you know, what I'm saying it's like it's all perspective. Yeah. So, Oh, We're still in a great market. Yeah. And I think I think you're gonna start seeing opening up probably by the end of next week, too. I think that's historically what has happened um in the past. I mean, when in a normal in a normal market, the slowdown's usually the fourth of July till the middle of August, and then it starts going again before and into school, kind of uh, into that uh, October, sometimes it go into November, usually slows down between November and Christmas and then gets going again after the first of the year. Yeah, we've got that Pray to Homes coming up here in September. I think it starts September 11th, um, and then that runs for about six weeks, and it's a uh, pretty good show. And that usually – a lot of people go out and look at houses, and they're like, wow, you know, this new construction is, you know, um, it's better than it was, you know, a couple months ago, but it's still maybe out of their, out of reach for, for some buyers. And or I call it attainable. It's not attainable. So they start looking at other homes that might fit their needs. Um where that market's a little tighter, but it puts a lot of pressure back onto the the uh, the um, amount of people looking. So it's good. It's actually a great time to list your house in the fall. 
um, it, you know, coming up here in the next, you know, six to eight weeks, um, you're going to have a new audience of people and, um, you know, houses, um, are still selling. I, I always recommend everybody though, if you're thinking about selling, make sure you have your, where, you, where you're going figured out first. We actually, um, lucked out and got a, uh, dream home this year. So we were selected for that. And so that's the home that you pay money to get into it's $5 and then they, you know, build a house for somebody. Those are um, those are the houses over three hundred fifty thousand, right? Just a little, yeah. This one's going to be a little over one point eight million. But here's the other thing that's different about it that I've never had in a parade. I've been around for a little while. A pool. We actually have Wait. a pool. Yeah. So that'll be kind of fun. That kind of just gives it a different element of it, and I think it also is going to show, you know, because uh, what they did is they made the the main floor walk out to the pool. And then did a sidewalk up, but created that. And I think that's, that's cool. something that a lot of people don't, you never get to feel that in a model home because no one puts the pool in. Yeah. It, it's always interesting to me too, Chris, when you have people that are, uh, they'll approach us with new construction and say, hey, you know, we want to have a walkout lot. And they don't explain why. They just say they want to walk out because they want to walk out. And then you realize, well, you're also committing to a $35,000 deck. You're committing to, you know, probably ten dollars to $15,000 more just for the lot. Plus the actual, most builders charge a little more to do a walkout versus a lookout or a flat lot. Um, and so by the time you're done, now you have a $50,000 extra. And, you know, some people now I'm seeing are a little wiser to how am I going to use this yard? And like you're saying, so if you have a nice, like out of the kitchen dining room area, it steps onto a flat backyard, you know, you're accessible to the backyard. And then it can go with stairs down around the landscaping down to a sidewalk out. Sidewalkouts, I think, are one of the combinations of the best of both worlds because then you can put it out to the side. You still get that lower level you can walk out to, and then you can still have the upper level walk out into the yard without having all the decks and all that, you know. That's that's really where you hang out. You hang out on that main floor. And so it's a, it's a definite different feel than versus a, a deck on a full walkout that you can't see over the top and see the yard. So Yeah. Hey, is this true? We got a, a comment here. And we love to get the listeners engaged. You have to drop the term master bedroom in his and her closets now. Is this going around in, in real estate? Well, that, that's considered, you know, they're like assuming that the master is like the master. Uh, owner. Yeah. yeah, like it's a slave term. And then his and hers is gender bias. Um, and and what, I, what I always say is the owner's suite. Um, and then this is there's two closets in the owner's suite. I think most people are smart enough to do their own math. I saw it somewhere that they said that we can't use the term master bedroom anymore. This is kind of like we used to not be able to use family room as well. I mean, I've seen family room on millions of listings. So, Well, family can be a guy and his dog. It doesn't have to be, you know, birth. Is this is this Rooney's rant? Do you want me to start on this one? Yeah, no kidding. No, no, not, not yet. Inject him with some hot sauce, would you? Jeez. Yeah, yeah. But it uh, is story time. <laughs> story time. Andy, you got an issue at the closing table. I have one, and I know you've had them. Uh, all of my closings, sir, are perfect. Mm -hmm. So we have nothing to discuss. What, what about sometimes when uh, people have uh, moving trucks in the, in the, uh, in the parking lot and or uh, personal property in the basement still? Happens all the time. The, uh, the with with some of these windows being as close as and as tight as they are, and especially in bigger homes where there's more um, stuff. Um, I think what's interesting is as we graduate um, from being a apartment to single family first home buyer to mid level to executive home, they don't have a class on the fact that where do you stop calling your buddies to move your stuff out of your house, right? Like. You, you, you got to get away with the college beer and pizza to get into your first house. Beyond that, it's like hire the movers, get the stuff out of there, hit the windows, um, let the professionals take care of it. That should be part of the equation for you moving, in my opinion. You work too hard. You've earned that money um, and, and make that part of the expense um, and just have it taken care of professionally. But in the event that that doesn't happen, let's say that it's a first-time home buyer, nobody's helping them, or a first-time home seller. Um, and they don't have a lot of help, they don't have the resources, and they're struggling. Um, you, you, you do have to address that. You can't just go to closing 
and say, oh, well, let's just forget about this. It, it's a real issue because you have um, where they actually have tenant laws where if they leave their stuff there, they can say, you know, there's a million different things they could say about having equitable position in the property or that they, you know, their stuff is there, it's theirs. Um, and, and so once you own it and it's changed, I think it falls under, I believe, some tenant law. Um, you have to make everything an arrangement. Like, Dude, tell a real story. Tell a real story that happened to you. I'm going to tell one. And then you, you go can... ahead and I'll tell mine. Okay. Second. I got to right. think a little you bit. Can follow up with me. So we're at, we're at a closing and it was a divorce situation. And uh, you, we all know how that goes. And in the old days, we used to all go to the closing. Okay. And we all used to sit in the same room. Well, we, that we tried that. And uh, we sat in there and then they started fighting and they were, they were my clients and started going at it. And, and it was everything other than what the, the closing was about, you know? And so then we, we had to separate them. We just said, you know what, maybe this will be easier if we just go into a separate room together, you know, just my clients and then the other clients would be alone so they could sign their papers in peace. And then it started getting worse in the room. So then we split those both up and put them in different rooms. And then when the, the closer that was getting the signatures would go from room to room, they'd open it up. They'd be screaming at the other person across the hallway. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was, it was not an amicable type thing, but they uh, did end up signing. It took uh, quite a bit longer, but um, always, uh, I learned on that is to try to get all those people in which to pre-sign and, and do it on their own and try to go through their attorneys and get it done because it's usually never, I mean, the house is the thing that still holds them together, you know, and once that's gone, sometimes people that, I mean, that's it. And so it can get pretty, pretty interesting. Well, we, I've had several occasions where they were um, back, back in the day, they were foreclosures and I was representing the lender that was foreclosing. Um, and, and, Towards the end of the foreclosure, uh, you know, crisis, some of these banks would list the houses before the people were even out of the properties. And so we would um, let them stay in the properties. They would literally pay these people to move, give them the money. They'd give them eight to $15,000. I mean, I had one where it was a group home and they gave them over $20,000 to help relocate everybody that was in that house. Yeah. That was Bank of America, by the way. Pretty, pretty. Um, I was at that point very proud to be part of their organization. Um they were doing the right thing they were trying to help these people not just kick that, them out of the street that's a pr mess if they did correct and yeah. so anyway so they were helping them move out and of course i have oh i mean i i probably sold a couple hundred properties for that bank but there was several of them where the people weren't moving and they weren't leaving and um it was a case of where you know there was still stuff in the garage and the problem with that situation is is that the that seller doesn't have a place to put um, or that person that just got lost or probably doesn't have a place to put their stuff. So a lot of times um, we would prepay for storage and the bank would at closing, um, we would give them a storage facility, delay closing two days, give them that facility. And then basically what happens is they move all their stuff to the facility. And if they don't continue to pay that rent, obviously then the storage facility has the problem, not us. And so I've had those happen. I've had situations where mom and dad and daughter and, and these people were all, uh, let's just say, not physically fit. Um, and they had trouble moving their stuff out of the house. Um, but they were very mean people and mean-spirited. And so we sat there, and they, they looked like they didn't even try to start moving stuff out. There was stuff spread all over the yard. Looks like they set off a bomb in the house, and all their stuff shot out in the yard. And they were supposed to close that day. And so we ended up closing two weeks after. And we, we just refused to close until that was out of there because – we knew with their attitude and their behavior that, you know, just the way they were acting, that there was no way this was going to get done and that there was no way um, of we would have literally moved in there and they would have still been trying to move their stuff out of your yard, but you're trying to move in. And and so those kind of nightmares have happened. And, and it's, uh, you know, um, I guess the only other kind of like, you, you know, talking about handling issues at closing, how about the house that doesn't fund or how about the uh, the uh, there's something happens where the wires late in the day you close at four o'clock or five o'clock in the afternoon and the wire hasn't gone out yet and it's not going to on a Friday. So what do you do then? So you're sitting there and everybody signed everything, but there's no money. So the sellers are like, well, then you can't move in until it funds. And that that's another one that people are like, come on, are you kidding me? And then of course these loan officers that don't show up at closing, they're like, Hey, is there anything I can do? Let me know. I'll be there for you. I'm the closer. 
I'm the I'm the mortgage guy. And then they don't show up at closing because they're embarrassed because the thing doesn't fund. And then we sit there as agents trying to hold these people's hands saying, what are we going to do here? And there. A lot of times, and that it's happened to me several times where um, that has happened. Um, and we end up doing move-in agreements where they'll upfront pay to move in and it's refundable if they don't spend it. But let's say it takes a week to close that house or doesn't fund for a week. They're paying rent. Anyway, is that enough, Nick? <laughs> he's, oh, he looks like he's uh, starting to go rogue over there. Weird. He's at a hostel. Yeah, exactly. But see, we're people well, must have woke up. I think people we might. sound good. Yeah. Okay. I think we are. Um, I think our next little segment was me uh, and uh, Rooney. Talk about Chris. I think it was me. I think it was I love. I love this section of our show. Yeah. The rants. Well, I'll tell you what. It's uh, it is, it's about that our our wonderful government uh, extended the moratorium on evicting tenants that aren't paying. During this, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, there, oh here he is. I'm back. Oh. I'm back. I gotta play the intro for this. Yeah, I have to say the spirit. Play the um, for you. The spirit of the moratorium is not a bad thing, and I'll tell you what: I'd be the first one to be helping people out if they truly weren't able to work and or got caught up in this pandemic and were sick and whatever. I'd help them. I have no problem. But I'll tell you what, I, I would guess 90% of the people are just using it to just not pay. And, and it, I mean, and then not only not pay, but then they wreck stuff and they have other people in there. They're throwing dogs. Like if you can't have pets in there, they're throwing pets. I don't know if you think this is happening to me, but this is. And uh, they have people staying over having other people in their place. You can't do that, you know? And uh, it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's another. Can, can you, Chris, can you file that? What? Can you file that, uh, that these people with their credit that they're not paying? You can do you... some stuff. I mean, if they're, if they're doing drugs, but you have to catch them, you got to have them on video basically and telling you, Hey, you know what? Yeah, I was doing drugs. You know, it, it's, it's a joke. I mean, they're protecting everything they do and it's wrong. It's, it's so wrong. And what thing, is that? Uh, what do they call that? When you, you, you hold on, let me say something. Yeah. That these people that are owning these rental properties aren't these big corporations. You know, these are smaller people that are getting screwed that can barely afford their payment for it. And you're gonna they're gonna start losing them because they can't pay someone's rent. They bought them, they saved up all their little money and and did these rental properties, try to keep them upkeep, and then they, they can't do it because they're not getting any rent. It's crazy. I got a, I got a buddy of mine that um they're all electricians. And over the years, they bought a big apartment building together. Yeah. And that basically is their retirement income for these four families. Oh, and right now, none of them can afford to pay their bills. Yeah. They're losing their personal houses. Yeah. They're, I mean, you know, it's it's sad because. Good example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they were all self-employed individuals, and so they don't have a pension. They didn't have a 401k to fall back on. They had to do it themselves. So that's what they thought would be the good thing to do. We're tradesmen. Let's buy something. We can keep it. We can maintain it. We can take care of these good tenants. And then this happens and they're, they're losing their shirts. But you know, uh, what do they call that? Chris, when, when, uh, what do they call that? Or lack thereof maybe? No. When you, when you file against a client, when they do a, a bad rental agreement with you or what? It's an eviction. It's an eviction. I mean that you're filing an unlawful detainer. That's an unlawful detainer. That's the word I was looking for. So, I mean, at that point, aren't you filing that when they're breaking the lease terms? Because yeah, they don't pay us, they can break the terms of the lease. Yeah, but then they—it's—it's it's still there. They can come in and oh my gosh, you know, now it's—it's it's a service animal, you know. It's—it's it's just a big facade. I mean, everything's a joke now, and and they and they let them get away with it, and then you can't get into court on time, and um, it's just a—it's a—it's a, it's a disaster. It's a—I mean, so are they, they any, stop are, they, are they offering any relief then oh, to the, the owners? No, nothing, you know, supposedly, oh, they're going to give the owners. They're not going to give the owners, you know, but they did that. that P, they did that PPP fund. I mean, for companies that didn't even need it, you know, it was just an right. extra income for them because most companies are doing fantastic. Why, why can't they file vouchers or something and say, hey, 
you want to stay on this moratorium program, you got to prove that you don't have a job and you're not making money. And then yeah. you can hand in these vouchers and the government helps you that way or something. But the other thing they're doing is they're trying to force, they have these little programs that if the landlord signs up for it, that they can try to get the money for them. But you're leaving people in your rental units that are destroying them. Okay. I mean, and the rent is nothing compared to what they're, the damage that they're doing. You know, that's we have these people had such so many people through it that my good tenants left. You know, and then I'm like, I, I ain't renting, I ain't renting to them anymore. It's, it'll stay vacant for sure. You know, a lot of people my age, I think maybe because a lot of them are renters, not homeowners, are always talking about how evil landlords are on on uh, social media and Reddit. But they basically say that landlords don't do any work. Is that true or not? Some don't. Some don't, but don't care for their properties, and they do. You know, but it's, I mean. You got to remember, I mean, the, the way tenants take care of properties are not very good as well. And so it's kind of like, well, what are we going to do? Okay, we'll fix it up so they can wreck it again. You know, so there's a there's a fine line on that. Um, well, you know, you look at, look at like hotels. Most good hotels budget every five years for a complete renovation of carpet, furniture, repainting, retiling. And that's just part of the cost of the equation. That's why it cost you. It used to be 39 bucks for a hotel. Then it went to 99. Now it's. You, I mean, you're spending two, three hundred bucks a night for a hotel, and that's part of the equation. That's why. So rents are okay. just going to go through the roof, and renters are are what are they all going to do once this lifts? Because you know that those the landlord it's going to get horrible fast because uh, they got to make up for the losses that they have, and unfortunately, the good tenants, the ones that pay, probably will be the ones that end up suffering in the end. So let's make them all homeowners, Chris. One hundred percent. That's exactly what's going to happen because. That's what all of these things are. People abuse them all the time, and it's just sickening. You know, okay. and again, the spirit of it is the right thing. Let's uh, let's make them homeowners right now. So our next uh, segment, where should a millennial or Gen Zer buy a home in Minnesota right now? So we're talking 20 to 35 range, the, the cutoff, millennials and Gen Z. Where do you guys suggest the best areas to, to get your first home in? You know, um, I always say it, it, it's not as much the area as it is the what they're buying. You know, when you buy a three-bedroom, two-bath, um, two-car garage, um, that that's, you know, apple pie baseball America right there. I mean, everybody will want that house. Those are the houses that usually stay in the most demand. Um, now, the neighborhoods and the school districts are important. I Even if you don't have children yet, you know, being obviously a Gen Z or a um, some younger millennials that um, may not have their family started yet, if, if that's their course of action, um, they might want to look at school districts. School districts, not only for their own children, but for their resale value, um, are very important. Um, and then lastly, I think that, you know, there's like there's some, remember, Chris, we, we had that app, I don't even know if it exists anymore, called Walk Score way back. And it used to say like somebody that wanted to not rely on transportation, like how, um, transportation reliant is a property. And I know there's got to be other apps that are out there where they'll do that. They'll kind of rank that location for, um, can you walk and buy your groceries? Can you take a bus? Can, are there parks? Are there restaurants? What What's amenities around you versus, you know, you get out to, you know, some of these uh, farther north communities where you might be on one or two acres and everything that you do has reliance on a, a vehicle, right? So it's, I don't know. I think that it's, um, that, that's kind of my advice. You know, I think it's personality too. You want to have horses, you don't want to live in, you know, Minneapolis. So I think the, I think the answer now versus five years ago is, is very different um, because I think a lot of things have changed. Number one, people don't go into work uh, as much. And so it used to be, Hey, buy a place closer to downtown. You're kind of next to all the action, but there's nothing happening um, down there. It's a ghost um, in there. And so um I think it, Andy said earlier on one is, you know, where is, where is there good Wi-Fi? Because Wi-Fi is everything. I mean, really, I mean, you can, you know, your little walk score to the, uh, to the grocery store is uh, three clicks away from Hy-Vee or Cub or Target or Amazon to send you groceries right now. And uh, you, yeah. you really don't have to leave your house. So safety is another big thing, you know, is, is it, is it safe, you know, and where you're, where you're going. And I think that's a, uh, a really big thing now for people. It, it's uh, funny you say that because we were 
I was out showing a house last night, um, uh, one of my favorite customers, and we always have great conversations. And they were talking about how they were using this new app called Shipped, um, where they people grocery shop for you and mm-hmm. shop for the stuff. And they go, I can always tell when it's a young guy because they don't know how to pick avocados, you know, and they don't know how to pick what. And they go, so they go up to the, they just grab an avocado, throw it in the cart. They grab bananas, they throw it in the cart. And they're not paying attention like a consumer would shop. So you are giving up that element of I only pick the ripest melons and you tap them and you, you know, whatever. That 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 uh, is something that um, convenience sometimes overrides quality in that application. You know, so price, quality, convenience, it's a balancing act. And so I actually like um, this is sad to say this, but I, uh, I don't grocery shop very often. So when I went grocery shopping a couple months back, I just the uh, stars aligned where I was like, I'm going grocery shopping. You never buy what I like. So I go out and I do I do my grocery shopping. I'm fascinated, you guys, with the amount of hot sauces, barbecue sauces, seasonings. I mean, flavors, all your different bacon's. I couldn't believe it. I literally, I think I spent three hours at Cub walking around. I'm just like, wow. What what a deal! I'm buying ribs. This is a great deal. I was I'm such a sucker, so I don't get the grocery shop anymore. Yeah, I know it gets expensive. Well, I, do, I, do I, that too. I get in that butcher shop and I just like, oh, that one looks good. This oh, this one, that one. But it is. I mean, and I think um, enter, entertainment, like your own entertainment, um, from like lakes and trails and biking areas and stuff like that. But I think safety is 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 a big thing. Yeah. And that'll probably come up later when we talk about different cities. I still like your idea there where you walk up and you get to see that big porterhouse sitting there and you say, hey, throw that on the grill for me. You know, they do it with lobsters. Why can't they do it with our steaks? Get a nice window and you walk up and you say, I want that one. <laughs> Pick it out. Yeah. Out of the blood. Come on, restaurateurs. Let's get it together. Well, those are going to be closed up pretty soon, too. Oh, that's another thing. Go ahead. Let's move on. Let's move on to our, our game time. These have been amazing segments. This one, I got five cities, and you guys are going to sell us on why you should move to that city. And then after, we're going to say why you shouldn't or some cons of the city. So the first city is Blaine. The Bengals. <laughs> the Bengals. State champions, Dave Nelson, state champions in, gosh, what was that year? He was, it was before he went to uh, Minnetonka, but anyways, it's beside the point. Andy, that's, that's uh, I think, a place you're very familiar with. Yeah, I've officed there uh, 20-some years. It, no, so Blaine's fantastic. It, you know, when I moved up there 20 years ago, it was seemed like sod fields and garbage truck companies and construction companies, and there was no restaurants, there was no anything. Over the last 20 years, they put the the TPC in there. They, you know, they put in the uh, the lakes development in there with those high end clients. Um, brought the need for retail and restaurants, and now there's, you know, the National Sports Center was installed there years ago. And so there's a lot of cool draws of that area that I really have learned to appreciate. Um, and and you used to also be kind of just stuck with Highway 65 because the far east side of Blaine was never developed. Now the far east side of Blaine is developed. So you have easy access off like Lexington down to 35. Um, great schools. Now you get over to that side of town. Um, you're looking at like Centennial schools. You have District 11. Um, so you have a variety of, of cool things going on. Um, and they also have a fleet farm over there. So that obviously puts that city at the top of, of my list. Um, I would say some, some negatives is it's north of uh, 94. I mean, so that's that's a problem. Um, it's just a wait. Different... Negatives later, not negatives now. Oh, okay. Yeah, Chris. Sorry. All right, I next one. Know, I don't know Blaine that well. I rely on Mr. Andy on that. Lakeville, I know that one uh, a, a little better. Lakeville is probably one of the biggest growing places. I know Andy, your builder builds a lot down there. Um, that's where we're kind of stationed as well is in the Lakeville area, and there's tons of room for growth still. Uh, Lakeville has split up into uh, two high schools, and I wouldn't doubt a third would come out of that area as well because they have, I mean, very, uh, 
usable land. They have a ton of, I mean, when it comes to shopping and entertainment and access, access is really good as well. You know, being on 35 and Cedar and um, everything is kind of right there. 42 is kind of the big um, one that goes through. And then there's kind of some old town to it too. To me, it's there's a, a kind of an old downtown. They have tons of parks. They got Lifetime. Um, just a, it's a up up and coming. Well, it's 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 came, um, but it's still it's still coming. It's still getting bigger and better. And and there's a lot of affordable housing in there too. I agree with that. I think that the little limited um, access I've had to it, um, they have really nice, like you said, land available. I think you'll see a lot of growth in that area over the next, you know, 20, 30 years. I mean, they have enough, you know, open fields and, and capacity to grow. And I do think that in the near future though, the, the access to the roadways and things like, unless everybody works from home, um, it eventually is gonna create a uh, need for upgrade, you know, like I think Cedar could be five lanes wide and, and, and still, you know, would be, you know what I'm saying? It's like, eventually I think they could see congestion issues, but Nowadays, with everybody working remotely or somewhat remotely, and um, it's kind of a cool setup over there. I like it. St. Louis Park. This is, I think I think St. Louis Park is a very interesting area. It's just kind of a little on the outskirts, but it has some really cool areas, um, some cool topography. Um, they have, uh, I mean, when we talk about access again, it's it's fantastic um, from an access point. That's a lot of um, millennial. It's a big millennial area as well. And um, they got I mean, golf courses, mm -hmm. uh, fantastic dining now. I mean, over on the oh, yeah. Grand area. That yeah. West End, yeah, like you were talking, that we meet here all the time. That's a perfect location for lots of people because it's in the middle of everything. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, I mean, St. Louis Park is an interesting area. Now it's a it's a different type of living, a different type of um, home that you're getting from a Blaine or a a Lakeville. It's an older it's an older set of homes, mm -hmm. but a lot of them are getting redone. Um, and it's and Bunnies is there. I mean, what else do you want? <laughs> Can't forget Bunnies. No. Oh man, no, I agree with you. I think that there's uh, I like uh, that for a lot. I think the biggest thing I like about St. Louis Park is it's, it's location and easy access to everything. Lots of great freeways, lots of great, even um, boulevards that have big wide boulevards and, and bus and access to downtown and um, great city. Um, the, uh, uh, like I said, I like the entertainment concept like we were just talking about too, with West End and a lot of those neat spots. I mean, you know, uh, I don't know. We, we've, I could go on and on about that place, um, but it, it, it's just a fun place to live. And then what I kind of like about cities that also have older housing stock is it allows people to come in there and renovate it and make it their own. And it still is in that and what I consider to be kind of affordable um, housing. And it, it can, you know, these one and a half stories that are everywhere, um, pounding out a nice four season porch or a screen porch off the back and a deck and, you know, having a nice backyard. A lot of those, um, depending on what the houses are close together, but they seem to all have decent yards, you know, for city living, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's good. There's, I mean, not as much, uh, like compared to Minneapolis, um, alley living, it's a lot more, you know, drive up, you got a garage or that you got a driveway that comes into your, to your area. Right. A little more. And there's a lot of condominiums there now, you know? Um, and so that Excelsior Grand area that yeah. I was talking about, you know, they have, you know, all the retail and everything on the main floor. And then they have the the condos up top. Well, what a fun place to live in those condos. I had, uh, my brother had a couple of his friends living in that area and they're like, yeah, we jump on our bikes and we're down to Calhoun in like three minutes. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. it's fun. so it's a little out of the city, but real close to get there. Oh boy. Oh yeah, baby. Uh -huh. Here comes the thunder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't know. Here's a kind of a fun little fact, Andy Kraske. Back in probably 93 to 95, I did a lot of work up in that Champlain, Brooklyn Park area. It's been a couple of years, but There's uh, a lot of stuff going on up here. Yeah, I had some clients that started up there, then their friends wanted it, and their friends, and their friends. And um, I really liked it. I always looked at Champlain kind of as a that was kind of the next step up. Um, am I right from a like a, a Brooklyn Park area that it was kind of the next like you got you got more um, 
second home type homes. Second, you know, I always thought of Champlain too as being a, a part of it. Um, the east side of Champlain, uh, not on the river, but there was a lot of very affordable houses that were built. Kind of a sleeper drive-by town because most people, you say Champlain, they go, well, where is that? And you go, south of Anoka. And they go, oh, Anoka. So it's like a lot of people, I mean, I didn't even really understand know or know where Champlain was before I moved here. I, and I lived in Brooklyn Park, for God's where sake. Does it, where does it start and stop, kind of? Where, where it's 109th is kind of, and it, it, it's kind of a triangle. Goes basically straight across and then up the river and then back down through Dayton, um, right on, um, oh, what is that street over there? Uh, Zachary, something like that, it goes down. But it's, it's pretty good size. And then uh, over the years, Champlin and Dayton have kind of collaborated together quite a bit yeah. as they now are expanding their sewers and um, restaurants. And they shared um, electric and through Anoka Electric and a few of those things. But positive things about Champlin, um, you know, I think they, they uh, believe it or not, you know, over the years, they, they were kind of the drive-by community. And the big city plan was, let's put in some stoplights to stop that highway traffic um, so people will buy stuff in our town as they're driving through. And I think it kind of became uh, not what they planned. And so there's all kinds of new um, uh, thoughts going through the process and they're redeveloping the Champlain Riverfront. I don't know if you've been up here recently. Um, they're adding restaurants. They've got a My Boat Club. Um, they're trying to tie the river into the Champlain uh, name so that everybody knows that we're right on the Mississippi and it's, it's, it's really cool. Um, restaurants, schools, Twin Cities Twisters. I was saying that earlier is up here. Um, so all the gymnastics, a lot of people come over for gymnastics. Um, there was um, Champlain Park, um, which uh, was built, God, 20 some years ago, um, but still is, is a great high school, great sports teams. You know, you're, you, we're always, if you watch between Lakeville and Champlain, there's always, they're always in the top 10 in almost every sport. You know, um, I, I always say Champlain was the king of taking second place at state for, I mean, for years for baseball, basketball, whatever. And, uh, and they, they are volleyball. volleyball. They took a state championship. Yeah. My daughter was on that team. Yeah. Uh, a lot of proud papas in town here, mamas, um, with, with those girls, they were absolutely a fantastic squad. Um, something I'll never forget. I, so I thank them every time I see those girls. Um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, Good coach. Nothing better. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I almost see, um, Oh, that's my alma mater right there. Prior Lake, alma mater. That's what were you going to say? Should we go to Prior Lake or are you going to say something? Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say about Champlain, it kind of reminds me a little of Savage in a way. And, and mm -hmm. why I say that is because it's kind of like there's a big road that goes right through the middle of it. And it's like you can go through it and then totally miss it. It's not like you go through a, a little town or something. You go through a lot of commercial and stuff. And that's what Savage is. And Savage is big. But it's kind of like it gets lost, and like, like I don't know where Champlain starts and where it ends, and I think that's. Uh, well, when you're coming north on, you come north on 169, and there's all of a sudden there's open fields on both sides of the road. That's Brooklyn Park, and once you get north of 610, that's all Brooklyn Park till you get to about 109th, where you start seeing the commercial buildings again. Right. Most most of Champlain is developed. There's a few little pockets left, but it's almost fully developed in there. That's where they're, like I was saying with the riverfront, they're talking redevelopment now. That's a conversation being had, redeveloping certain areas, improving roads. You know, they're going back through now and putting new curb and gutter in some areas. Every year they do a couple new streets, upgrade the sewers. So it's, it's cool. I love, I love it here. It's very nice. Uh, great access to everything. Um, nice way to sneak out of town. You can shoot right up the river road. And five seconds out of my house, driving up the old river, house, river road, all of a sudden you feel like you're in a different place. Yeah. I mean, it's it's beautiful big trees and the river and rolling hills and farm fields and it it's a nice secret. Don't tell anybody. Get away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to sell any houses, anyways. Yeah. Okay, Prior Lake. I think uh, that last little uh, that last name of this thing is uh, kind of what Prior Lake is. It's uh, you know the whole town is basically centered around the lake. Uh, on both sides. There's a lot of things that are around here. Mystic Lake Casino um, is kind of a big one that I, I've only been there twice since I've been 18 years old because I didn't fare too well at that 18 year old time. And uh, I, I, I go to Vegas instead, but uh, you, you won't even believe it. If you haven't been to Mystic Lake, um, what it looks like now, it's crazy. I mean, they've, they've done a heck of a job and 
you know, they get music in there and stuff. But the lake is kind of um, the big uh, the big draw. It's about 1,400 acres, uh, about 20, 20 miles of shoreline. It's split up into upper and lower prior. Lower prior is bigger, kind of more accessible to uh, get across the city, uh, get across to, um, you know, like for commuting. And, um, you know, Prior Lake is kind of, there's a lot of construction that's been happening as well in and around Prior Lake, kind of in that five to 700. And then you start kind of getting out a little and on the lake. I mean, we just finally had a house resale for four and a half million dollars. It's the highest resale one that we've had. But I would say there's a good five, uh, 10, 10 houses that are over five million now. Um, it's really hard to get on the lake under a million. You know, under under 900 is hard uh, in which to be able to find something. And um, the schools, schools are good. Um, Very you know, good. Yeah. So I, I was going to say, you know, the other thing that, you know, a lot of people don't put into account, but the guys like me that are from up north, I never would have ever been to a prior lake because access was so hard until they punched 169 right across that old river. Mm-hmm. And now uh, prior lakes, literally 20 minutes from my house in Champlain. I shoot right down 169. I'm there in no time. It's pretty fast. Yeah. Well, t- maybe 30. And we just took some. We, you and I did a photo shoot, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the invite to come back and take a ride on that fancy pontoon you got. Yeah, anytime. Now that I'm an empty nester, my daughter just left. Uh, she's on the road on the way to Arizona. Jeez. I'm going. I'm beating them down there on Saturday. I'm letting them drive. It's mom. And you're gonna you're mom gonna fly first class. Yeah, mom-daughter time is a good time for them. <laughs> I got to do the same thing on Friday. We're moving Hannah into uh, college. They're, they're starting volleyball already on Monday. Yeah. yeah. All right, why yeah. shouldn't we move to Lakeville? What are the cons? Uh, school rivalries, terrible. You know, no, lot, a lot of people, um, you're not going to have that small, uh, that's that small town thing. I think it's going to continue to grow. I think uh, when when you do have growth, sometimes taxes, uh, you have to build the stuff in anticipation of people coming. So some people get caught up on the tax part of it, and uh, and might you might not like that. Agreed. I think that they'll have growing pains over the next few years as you get used to all those new people showing up and using amenities and using roads and using schools. That it'll just be a growing period for for quite a few years. Um, I think you'll feel like you're in growth mode down there for a long time. Some people don't want that. Some people want to move into a more settled area, um, new construction, dirt blows in the air, garbage blows around. I mean, it just, it's the way it is. Now, I guess not to go back to positives, but positives of new construction are they keep uh, prices going up steadily in that area, which usually shows appreciation on the existing market as well. So that that's a positive thing, um, even though it's cons. I know it's supposed to be cons, but it's hard for me to do cons. Next city. Chamble Park. There's nothing wrong with Chamble Park. Um, I guess I've noticed. Um, I, I think I, here's what I think. I've, just perception, because I don't know for sure, but it is um, the I, I think lack of uh, community. I think it seems to me more like a commercial place, but I'm, I could be totally wrong. I've been at Andy's house a bunch of times and. All the neighbors get along and they all hang out. So I don't mean it like that. I mean it kind of like there's not like a central square, you know, that you all go to and have like um, concerts and music in the park and stuff like that. Like a Chaska is is really cool. Yeah. So that's that's what that river development is for. Yeah. They uh, and and everybody agrees with that. That's the the forefathers that allowed them to cut that. You had East and you have West Champlain. Yeah. Um, West Champlain was your high end side. With the exception of up the river, I mean, up the river you got your multi-million-dollar properties. All, I mean, some of the pro athletes actually live up on the river in Champlain. Um, it's so that part. It's hard for me to to pick on Champlain because I, I love it. Um, I, I agree with you though that there is. Um, uh, I don't know what I can pick on in Champlain. I don't know. I I, uh, I don't know. I I, I think the logo. Um, of Champlain Park. Um, we stole it from the Patriots, and so that really upsets me that we can't have our own logo. That's true. Uh, other than that, I think we're fine. Actually, you know what's funny, Chris? <laughs> I shouldn't even say this. Um, we bought the New England Patriots 
helmet that they actually used to have on their football field and that they that the NFL team used to run through. Champlain oh. Park uh, Booster Club bought that and brought it to Champlain. And now our guys on football night run through there with a big Harley and room, 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 and they run out on the field of the Harley and their guys all run out there. It's That's it's awesome. actually pretty awesome. I uh, Everybody gets all pumped up. Well, I would say the same thing about Blaine. I'm, again, I'm not as familiar there, but I would, I would go with the lack of sense of community. Um, that it's a and it's big and it's growing. One high school, there's a ton of people in that school. Um, so if you're looking, maybe maybe you have a you know you want your kid in activities and stuff, and they're going to be competing a lot against people, and and maybe not have the opportunities that they would have in say a smaller area like a, a Jordan. Or uh, uh, whatever you know. Yeah, you know, Blaine. Blaine is huge. It's it is. Um, I, I you could have a couple towns with Blaine. We used to call there down by like Circle Pines. We used to call that Blaineville. There's a little side of Blaine that is on the other side of 35W, um, and and it's so there are. You're right. There are some um, the the major just like even Minneapolis. The freeway systems that go through these towns, you know, literally cut the town into pockets. And, and there are a lot of times it's not a, a downtown. Um, it's just being developed, you know, in, in micro communities. So those communities have their togetherness and their restaurants and their grocery stores and their whatever. But like you're saying, it doesn't have a quote, let's go downtown. Um, so they're more of a suburban designed community. But that, sure. There's that TPC course there though, right? Yeah. The, the senior tour. Yeah. So, I mean, there's. Yeah. Well, they have the national sports center there. They have teams come from all over the world. If you're into yeah. soccer, um, or, you know, that, that's where they all come. It, it's right. the community is actually, I've worked there for years. Um, it, it's impressive. I I've um, enjoyed it. Um, you know, the, uh, the development out there, there's still lots of space to be developed. Um, you know, but that, I, I don't think 20 years, but they might have another 10 years of development space to do. Um, and then that'll be full. And then when you jump up to Ham Lake, what's really interesting, the dynamics of that Ham Lake then is we're acreage. We're not gonna we're not gonna be the smaller suburban lot style community. So you you jump to Ham Lake and also in their biggest states. So it's it's kind of a cool area. Yeah. I mean negative area. Wait. No, nothing's negative. Nothing. St. Louis Park, the cons of St. Louis Park. I think um, the logo. A lot of uh, infrastructure changes. A lot of. Um, construction that's happening uh, and trying to open that up uh, small lots not as private uh, of an area to go um, you're you're closer to the city um, I mean that could be a positive and a negative depending on how you look at it and um, I think that I think it's I, I think it's also chopped up by you know I, 100 and 169 and you know, sure. Celsius Boulevard it's just kind of a it's a choppy choppy area seven. Well, I think that, you know, that Chris, it's interesting you say that because I think some people prefer that because then they live in a quiet neighborhood, all the chaos and the shopping and the traffic's on the other side of the road, um, you know, or whatever. So I, I can see pros and cons to, to that, um, you know. Totally. Probably like, um, well, we, we actually moved out of it. We went to Minnetonka for nine years. So you can ask the other guy that's yeah, thanks, Nick. Yeah, the logo on his head. So it actually turned out really well. But anyways, um the uh I would say Prior Lake doesn't have a lot of commercial um stuff and it is probably not going to have it. And that obviously hurts the tax base, which reflects on you know your your own taxes. So taxes might be uh, a little higher. Uh pricing's pricing's pretty high. Uh, in it, and um, you know, and it's it's long, so maybe um, for commuting, it might not be as as great. You know, even though you're right, 169 and the fair, the old ferry bridge is opened up, and you still got 35 to cross, but you still have to cross it. And uh, in traffic times, uh, from and to work is, uh, I mean, it's it's a problem. Are you gonna say because I live here, Andy? That's 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 too low hanging fruit for me. I, uh, <laughs> that's too easy. Actually, I like you, so I can't pick on you that way. Hey, our last thing is, 
the previous clients you've had, where have been the best places they've retired to? You know, for our older listeners that maybe are thinking of getting out of Minnesota. Well, I, I've seen I've seen where a lot of those older people will um, do do a drawing around hospitals, or if they require any kind of additional, you know, if they have ailments or they need to, you know, visit a some kind of therapist or, or whatever, um, they want to be reasonably close to that. Um, that makes life easier. Um, you know, if you're in an area where you don't want to drive, you know, like eventually you may drive now, but let's say you get a little older and you don't want to drive anymore, you have access to transportation, um, you know, things like that. But the other thing is, is that, you know, a lot of older people, you know, seniors as we call them, they're, they're, they want to party. They, uh, they retire and they want to have drinks at four o'clock in the driveways and go golfing in the afternoon and they want to have a good time. So making sure to find a community that is, is mirroring your lifestyle. I know um, I, I'm around several uh, people in that, that age group and, and they, some, some want it quiet and they want to read books and others want to be playing pickleball every afternoon and, and getting crazy and rowdy with their buddies having shots. So it, it's, it really depends on the individual. My, my, my people are health, healthy people, so they don't worry about hospitals, but they go to Florida well, and Arizona. Florida and Arizona. Why? What? Isn't it taxes? Fun and fun. State tax? And, well, yeah. I mean, and, and taxes. I don't know if Arizona's got state tax or not. But, um, I know Florida doesn't. So, Florida, you know, yeah. that's, that's a big, that's been the draw. And Texas, same with Texas. Southern Texas was, they've fun. been bragging about that for years. Sun and water. It's interesting, too. You know, some people talk about, like, Florida and the humidity during the summer, but then they're fine to stay in Arizona during the summer, which I, I don't get. But uh, I, I'm a... I'm Florida guy. That's where I'm going. That's where I'm. I'm going. seeing. I'm even seeing some people uh, with our buddy Mark Pedig, um <clears throat> was telling us a lot of people are moving up to like even Brainerd, Baxter, um, and they're not even living on the lakes necessarily. They're they're living off the lake in a quiet community where it's nice and quiet, easy access to shopping. But there's golf courses close. There's great restaurants close. And then if they want to go boating, they put their boat in for the day and go fishing. So it's you know there's a yeah. Keep the cost down. And then travel. That's another thing. I think that's a, a big thing. People are just, you know, moving out kind of to an area that, you know, they got a home base that's not going to cost them, you know, a, a small fortune to be able to do it and that they have to stay there, but yet get out and travel and go visit and see other people, which I like that idea too. Awesome. What do you guys got going on coming up? Work, work, work. I'm actually going this weekend. I'm going to Arizona to move my little daughter in. And so I'm going to see, hopefully, I was, I, I don't know if Nick knew this, but it was, I had a very hard time when he went away. And um, I'm hoping that this doesn't happen again. It's hard, man. When you're, when you're sitting there, I, I was, I was trying to be all tough when I dropped my son off at, uh, when he started down in Iowa State and sitting in the truck. I'm like, all right, see you, buddy. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. And then Lisa's out there and starts crying in front of the car. And I'm like, oh, crap. Here we go. And then all of a sudden I start going, huh, 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 huh. And I sat there all tough. Like, I, I, was, I, was I, was driving, I was driving, had my glasses on. And then Chris is trying to talk to me. I'm like, no, there's no talking right now. You know? yeah. <laughs> and I was only a couple, a couple hours away, too. I know. But you got to remember, too, my life was totally wrapped up in everything you did. I mean, I coached. I did all that stuff. And it was just kind of like it was done. So. It, it, that is a lifestyle change for sure, my friend. Yeah. 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 Is it wrong that you like having your kids go to college? Because after I got over the, the well, you know the, my you know my stance on college. I don't know if I have to get it. That could be another no. rant of me. So, yeah. Well, that that's okay. Unless I mean, you know what you're gonna do. Unless you know what you're gonna do. I don't. I I don't think it doesn't do nothing for me. So I don't know. I think it's great education, but you can read and learn everything you want ever wanted to know on YouTube. So just saying. Well, no, you're right. No doubt. I, uh, I agree with that. And it costs a lot less money. So, well, no kidding. You look at some of these kids, you know, spending 200 grand to get a, a degree that won't support paying the, the, the debt back. Um, so what are you doing to society too? You know, it's like, I don't know. I'm not even picking any particular category. I'm just saying in general, the, sometimes the math isn't there to add up to paying for, um, sold the house. I sold the house to a guy, 38 years old, 1200 a month in school payments. 
and not even in that degree anymore. 38, still have 1200 bucks. So just listen to the, the real estate radio hour. That's your, that's your education. Make sure to share it. Shoot us some likes on Facebook. We do clips, three of them every week. We're on every platform, streaming, iTunes, Spotify, etc. Leave us a review on iTunes if you can. And share with a friend. Another good episode. Hey. Hasta la vista. Hasta la vista. Where's the outro? There it is. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.